Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Friday, January 1st edition of ATS Radio. I'm your host, Adam Burke. I'll be talking today about my week 17 thoughts for the Circus Sports Million as that contest comes to a close. I'll give you an idea of what's happening here with the standings, both for the full season as well as for the quarter, and then talk about my picks and leans here for this final week of the NFL regular season. Hope everybody's new year is off to a good start. Hope you uh, celebrated responsibly last night. And uh, look, you know what? Obviously, all of us hoping that 2021 is better than 2020 in so many different ways. So uh, here's to hoping. Cheers to all of you. As As I said on yesterday's show, Thank you so much for listening throughout the year last year, making ATS Radio and also Bang the Book Radio. What it was, being loyal supporters of the show means the world to me. Thank you so much for that. And of course, thank you for following us over to this new venture, ATS Radio, uh, where you know uh, we kept a lot of the same guests, kept a lot of the same talking points, but still lots of phenomenal content here over the college football and the NFL seasons. And I continue, and I hope to continue doing that here uh, as we go through the Super Bowl, and then of course with college basketball and what we hope will be March Madness here for 2021. So, all right, let's go ahead and talk about what's going on over at ATS.io right now. We've got bowl game previews for the eight remaining bowl games. We've got NFL Week 17 thoughts, and we'll be your home for the NFL playoffs as well with previews of the postseason games all kinds of coverage of the Super Bowl, including prop bets and all those fun things. But we're also doing college basketball, the NBA, and we're now 12 days away from the start of the NHL season. So plenty of things going on over at ATS.io for you to check out. The nice thing is if you download the ATS app, which you can get in the Google Play Store or in the Apple Store, you'll get all of the ATS.io information right there at your fingertips with full article integration from the website, but it's also a bet tracker. It's also an odd screen. And you can buy premium model subscriptions, $9.99 a week, $19.99 a month uh, for that ATS premium model. So again, we encourage you to download that app, search against the spread in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. Should be able to find it that way. Or of course you could search you know, for uh, ATS and try your luck with that. All right, so week 17 in the Circus Sports Million 2. Unfortunately, I am limping to the finish here, just six and nine over the last three weeks, two and three in each of those weeks. And, you know, I had a shot at the money, not closing out the season strong. That's definitely very disappointing to say the least. 44, 35 and one on the season. And, you know, up until these last three weeks, this was one of my better performances in the NFL, hoping to finish strong here with week 17. But Given all of the challenges this year with COVID and, and all those types of things, you know, I, I guess I wish things had gone better. But at the same time, you know, fairly happy with how I performed here for this NFL season. And of course, we'll see what happens here in week 17. Our ATS.io-1 entry, 41 and 39, 
my dash two entry 44 35 and one so it looks like i should get site bragging rights here barring some sort of disaster in week 17 and that's certainly a possibility still up one on the drink bets not sure if we'll have any opposing games in week 17 but uh you know, again, was certainly hoping for uh, a stronger finish than what I've had, but looking to end the year on a positive note here. Speaking of strong finishes, there is a lot of drama for the million-dollar top prize here in the Circus Sports Million 2. Uh, ODBMG-2, 53.5 points, is the leader in the Circa as well as the leader over in the Super Contest. So an enormous week for that team, for that entry, Good luck to them here as they are in the driver's seat and control their own destiny in both the Circus Sports Million 2 as well as the Super Contest. But it is only a half-point lead over DSR 90-1 with 53 points, DV8-1 and Presence-2 tied for third with 52.5, Minura 11-1 and Chicken Dinner-1 tied for fifth with 52 points, Elbow-1 and Hornet-2 51.5, Sunny San Diego dash one, Mr. Invisible dash two, Scoopski dash one, 51 points. So the difference between essentially first and the final spots in the top 10, just two and a half points. The lead is a half point. The gap over third place is just a point. So again, a lot of moving parts here for week 17, a lot of drama coming uh, in this tournament for those entries. And of course, Derek Stevens, opening up Circa Las Vegas for them if they want to come and sweat, or opening up the D, excuse me, if they want to go and sweat the games at uh, Bar Canada, I believe it is. So uh, good luck to all of them. Safe travels to anybody that will be going out there to Sin City. But it's not even just the full season prizes where the top 50 plus ties uh, will get paid. Also, the fourth and final quarter will be decided. The Fitz is in, is the leader at 17 and three. Three entries with 16 and a half points. Five with 16. Again, the fourth quarter, five weeks, weeks 13 through 17, uh, 187,000 for first, 75 for second, 25 for third. So we'll see what happens there with the fourth and final quarter. And of course, two, the booby prize, the $100,000 booby prize, still left to be decided in the Circus Sports Million. Nissan Dash One leading that by a half a point. 100K for the lowest point total. Uh, if you make all 85 selections. So uh, good luck to those that are purposely trying to lose here in week 17. The field last week, 49.46% in week 16. My apologies for not doing a show with the Christmas holiday. The field is now 49.6% for the season. Seven out of the 16 weeks have been winning weeks for the field. However, only two weeks on the plus side of 50% since week seven. So the second half of the NFL season really has not gone well for a lot of the entries that are out there. Interestingly enough, we're still on the minus side of 50%, even though the top five consensus this year, very strong at 43, 36, and one. The consensus, 114, 115, and seven. So when you have a consensus around 50%, in a top five consensus at you know, 43, 36, and one, you would certainly expect the full year numbers to be a little bit better, but that has not been the case here. Several weeks, the number one consensus pick has lost. While, you know, they've gone three and two with, you know, the second, fourth, and fifth picks or the second, third, and fifth picks, something like that. So 
the most popular pick in the contest hasn't done overly well, I would say, over the 16 weeks, even though the top five as a whole has done pretty well overall. There are 35 perfect entries left in the Circus Survivor. If you've got a perfect 18-0 entry, and it certainly looks like we will, an extra million dollars added to the prize pool for the Circus Survivor. So $2.39 million will be split among the entries that survive Week 17 here. And, of course, the 18-0 record coming from the fact that Thanksgiving was its own week. So you had to keep those six teams available, basically, so that you were able to take your pick of the ones that you wanted. 18-0, a very impressive run in the Circus Survivor. And again, those entries that survived this week will split $2.39 million. Over in the Super Contest, as I said, ODBMG-2, still the leader over there by a half point over Yugo 77. There are five entries tied for third, but with 50 points. So it does look like, for all intents and purposes in the Super Contest, it should be a two-team race between ODBMG-2, uh, or ODBMG-2, excuse me, and Yugo 77. But we have seen strange things happen in the past. I remember a few years ago, one entry came from off the pace, went four and one. The top entries went one and four or five and oh, or oh and five, excuse me. And it led to a big change at the top. So certainly is possible, but we'll see what happens over in the super contest in week 17. 51.13% last week. That was the best cover rate for the field since week seven. 49.38% here for the season. Top five in the Super Contest, 40, 38, and three. Consensus, 110, 120, and eight. And of course, we'll see what changes are made to the Super Contest where you know, the Circus Sports Million Field, 3,148 entries. The Super Contest, 1,172. The lowest number of entries in the Super Contest since 2013. Lowest first place prize since 2011. The Super Contest will have to make some changes going into next season in order to compete with the Circus Sports Million, where, quite frankly, without a pandemic, with the new Circus Sports or the new Circa Hotel and Casino, I would set the over-under for the Circus Sports Million next year at about 4,500. So the Super Contest will have some work to do in terms of trying to keep up with the Circa, where if people feel more comfortable traveling, if they know that the NFL season will be taking place, then I would very much expect that the Circa grows by leaps and bounds again in its third season here. And of course, we'll see what the guaranteed prize pool looks like, thinking probably guaranteed 4 million, which means you'd have to have 4,000 entries. I think that's probably what we're looking at here in the Circa, and I would expect it to go over whatever the guaranteed prize pool is. All right, so a few parting thoughts here on how the season has gone for me in the NFL, what I'm looking to do in order to adapt and evolve for next season. And again, the contest is different than betting a personal bankroll. You know, you're talking about stale numbers that open on Wednesday for the Super Contest, on Thursday for the Circa. So you're talking about stale numbers. You're talking about some line value grabs, some things that are out there that you you can't necessarily do on Saturday uh, when you lock in your NFL card. Also, there's some game theory involved, you know, trying to play on that line value, trying to play on games that can't push because there's a lot more equity in getting a full point than there is a half point in this contest. And also, too, 
some people will try to actively fade the top five consensus. It's not something that I've really looked to do over the course of the season. But as I sort of evaluate what I've done here so far in the NFL and what I'm looking to do in week 17, the top five consensus has done very well. As I said, 43, 36, and one, that's an excellent mark when you talk about you know a lot of varying levels of handicapping ability in a contest like this. The problem is I feel like I've fallen on the wrong ones. And like I said earlier in the show, it certainly feels like a lot of times the top five consensus has done well, but the most popular pick has lost. And a few too many times this season, I think I've been on that most popular pick and a few too many times it hasn't come through for me. No, I don't think I'm necessarily going to change and try to be actively against the top five consensus. But maybe I do need to find some angles that are less obvious, some things that maybe not everybody is seeing that possibly give me an edge on a game where if that most popular pick loses, it could end up being a two-game swing for me. That is something I may try to consider a little bit more next year in the Circus Sports Million. And something else here, too, is that, you know, I want to focus more on my initial positions, focus more on those initial leans, try to follow through with those, a little bit more. You know, one of the things I've talked about a lot on this show, whether it was under the bang the book umbrella or now under the ATS name, is that you get this crisis of confidence when it comes to betting on sports. And and you wind up not really trusting yourself for one reason or another. You know, something is off with your number relative to the market. And you sit there and instead of saying, I'm going to trust my number, I'm going to play the edge that I feel like I have, You look at your numbers and you go, what's wrong with them? What am I not seeing? What am I missing? And sometimes you may just be valuing something more than the market is, more than the odds makers are, and you may be right in that position. And like I talked about, you know, multiple times throughout the football season here, if you're not going to trust your numbers, if you're not going to trust your opinions and your positions, who is going to? And if you're not going to trust the legwork that you're doing, why are you doing it? And and that's something that no matter how many times I tell myself this, I can't get it through my thick ass head to actually trust in the work that I'm doing, trust in the handicapping that I'm doing, not necessarily for the NFL where I don't make my own numbers, but I do in college football, you know. I'm I'm taking the time to do that. I'm putting a lot of time and effort and emphasis of my weekend into creating these power ratings. If I'm not going to trust them and believe in them and rely on them, then why am I doing them? You know, and, and of course, sure, part of it is, you know, I do them for the readers and I want the readers to have some sort of idea on, you know, where I'm coming from. But, you know, I'm not giving readers false information or I'm not giving readers things that I don't believe in. So I need to learn to trust myself more. And more often than not this season, games I liked originally early in the week that I talked myself out of or, you know, heard something on another show that changed my mind or something like that. More often than not, those games that I liked early in the process came through. They've been right more than they've been wrong. So that's something that I really need to focus in on is, you know, when I start to develop my handicap, my thought process on a game, I need to see that through more. And I think that's a a lesson that all of us can learn and a lesson that is a very hard one to learn, but one that I think in a lot of ways 
is something that we need to commit to as handicappers and betters. We know more than we think we do. And, you know, it doesn't always mean that everybody's right. You know, we talk all the time about these sharp sides versus public sides. Keep in mind, sharp betters, they're right if they're really good 55, 56% of the time. That also means that they're wrong 44, 45% of the time. Now, the average handicapper is going to be wrong a lot more than that. And certainly I fall into the bucket of being wrong more often than 45 or 44%. But what I'm saying here is that, you know, I think that we're a lot of us are smarter at this than we realize. And so we need to focus on following through with those thoughts, with those positions, trusting what we're seeing, trusting what we're analyzing. And that's something that I really didn't do uh, to enough of a degree this season. So it's something that I do want to focus on, not just in the NFL, not just for contest purposes, but across all sports here, almost sort of a New Year's resolution, if you will, heading into 2021. All right, so with that, let's talk about the picks that I've got for this week here. And you know what, honestly, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm playing out the string. I want to have a good week this week. I want to, you know, put a stamp on what I think has been a relatively successful NFL season for me. But right now I've got my five picks and I think they're ready to go. And I don't think I'll be deviating from any of these five games. Now it is a possibility based on COVID, based on other injury news, something like that, um, you know, based on what these coaches decide to do in terms of who will play and for how long. But for right now, these are the five very likely picks for me. And again, barring some sort of significant news story, I don't think I'll deviate from these five games. Beginning with number 10, the Pittsburgh Steelers plus eight and a half against the Cleveland Browns. And the Browns have no excuses here, but that's what scares me. You know, and and maybe part of this is kind of an emotional hedge, being a Browns fan, hoping they make the playoffs for the first time in now what would be 19 years, uh, you know, 18 seasons essentially. But the thing about it is the Steelers are very strong organizationally. They draft and develop well. They evaluate talent extremely well. So their depth guys should play hard and should play very well within the system and within the scheme. So even though a lot of key personnel for the Steelers will probably sit this one out, because again, with COVID, they wound up not having a bye week at any point over the course of the season here. I still think that a lot of these guys are going to go out there looking to play well, and should play well within the systems and schemes that they were acquired for. So that's something where I think this line is just a little bit overinflated. I thought at six and a half or seven, with the assumption that Ben Roethlisberger wasn't going to play, that was a fair number. Then this thing shot all the way up to 10 when it was officially confirmed that Mason Rudolph would play over Roethlisberger. Now, I do wish this line was a little bit bigger. I wish this was nine and a half or 10, like we saw in the markets, but When I look at the Browns here, I mean, what indications do we have that they can win this game by margin? They still have offensive line questions. Wyatt Teller and Jedrick Wills are practicing today. So maybe they do get those two guys back. And ultimately, that was the biggest issue for them against the Jets. You know, they didn't have the wide receivers, and that was certainly problematic. But the offensive line was terrible. I mean, they couldn't open any running lanes when they did decide to run the football. Baker got happy feet in the pocket because, you know, he was getting pressured. And that's something that, you know, I think is very important to take a look at here with Baker Mayfield is that 
when things are going well, he's a perfectly capable quarterback. You know, they're able to move pockets. They're able to get him on the run. They're able to run the football effectively. And he's gotten really good protection for the most part over the course of this season. When he's getting pressured, though, he gets extremely jumpy. The footwork improvements that we've seen from him stepping up in the pocket absolutely go away. The clock in his head, I think, speeds up a little bit more than a lot of other quarterbacks. Any sales throws, balls are inaccurate. I worry about that here in this game, where I still wonder about the effectiveness of this offensive line. There's not a whole lot of depth right now due to injury and COVID. So I worry about that quite a bit with Baker here in this game if the Steelers get a pass rush with that second team. The Browns also missing two linebackers on defense. Denzel Ward's not going to play. He's on the COVID list. Sandejo's out, which leaves them thin at the secondary position. And Mason Rudolph's not spectacular, but, you know, I mean, he's a guy that's been around the NFL for a long period of time. I don't think we see a god-awful game from him, certainly not against this Browns defense. So Steelers plus eight and a half for a lot of different reasons a play that makes my card here in the Circus Sports Million for Week 17. Next up, and I would say this is the weakest of my picks. This is the one I would most closely classify as a lean, but again, probably not going to back off of this one. That's number 11, the Tennessee Titans minus 7.5 against the Houston Texans. I think the J.J. Watts speech from from the postgame of last week has the opposite effect on his team. J.J. Watt is likely on his way out. And this is something that he even talked about in the middle of the season of, you know, maybe it's time for a change of scenery. Maybe it's time for me to go somewhere else, all of that. So I think to me, that Watt tirade last week was more about frustration with the organization rather than a rallying cry for his teammates. And I think his teammates will view it as such as well. Houston is 30th in adjusted net yards per pass attempt allowed. They're 32nd in yards per carry allowed. I just don't see how Houston gets stops against this Tennessee offense. You've got a very motivated Tennessee team that's looking to win the division. You've got a motivated Derrick Henry that's going for you know a pretty spectacular season. You've got Ryan Tannehill who's playing extremely well again this year. And you have a Houston defense that not only gets shredded through the air and on the ground, but also only has eight takeaways in 15 games they have no margin for error defensively here because they're not going to take the ball away titans second in red zone touchdown percentage texans are 22nd up and down game i don't expect a lot of defense from either team but also the titans could steal an extra possession or two and also the titans very likely to get sevens when they get to the red zone instead of getting threes where the texans have not had nearly as much red zone success And obviously, too, with the losses at the wide receiver position to injury and suspension, well, that's a situation where Houston having even more difficulties in the red zone, I would think. So long year for the Texans. They're used to getting ready for the playoffs at this point in time. They are not. I think they're ready to turn the page. Watt's probably ready to turn the page. I just feel like Titans minus seven and a half here in a game where I fully expect Tennessee to get up into the 40s in this one. Next up on the board here, number 20, the Atlanta Falcons are plus seven against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm going against the grain of a line move here where money has come in on Tampa Bay throughout the week. And understandably so, there is great incentive for the Buccaneers 
to win and hold that five seed. Because if they hold that five seed, they will play the NFC East champion in the wildcard weekend games next week. So a lot of incentive for the Buccaneers to win this game. However, I think Atlanta gives a maximum effort yet again here in this game. They are playing remarkably hard for Raheem Morris. And I think that, you know, last week they had that missed field goal from Young Hoku where they had a chance to take the Chiefs to overtime. But two weeks ago, they were beating Tampa Bay pretty handily at halftime and then just completely collapsed in the second half. And I think that has to piss the Falcons off. I think they look at this and say, you know what? We played the Saints really tough in the second game. We played Tampa Bay very tough. We hung right with the Kansas City Chiefs, who you know could very well repeat as Super Bowl champions here. We're, we've got all these near misses. Let's get a win. Let's finish one of these off. And I don't know if they necessarily do it here, but I do think that we get a full effort from the Falcons. I think there's a chance that they really want to keep Raheem Morris around. And this Falcons defense has gotten significantly better as the year has gone along. They've drafted pretty well over the last few years with guys like Grady Jarrett, uh, AJ Terrell. They've done some things to you know really improve the talent level on the defensive side of the ball. And they're playing pretty well on that side of the ball as well. They're going in the right direction. And if they play well here, and, and potentially if they even get the outright win, that gives Raheem Morris a real shot at this job. And the players seem to be going to bat for him. You know, the players went to bat for Dan Quinn, saved his job a couple different times over. Finally, this year, Atlanta just decided to make the change. And the Falcons picked right up and fought for Raheem Morris. And I think they will fight here in this game as well. So Falcons, number 20 in the Circus Sports Million rotation order, plus seven, the third of my very likely picks here for this week. Next up on the board, number 23, the Buffalo Bills are a one-point favorite against the Miami Dolphins. And this is one that wasn't necessarily on my radar until yesterday's bit of news. The Dolphins cannot turn to Ryan Fitzpatrick if things are going bad for Tua Tungo-Vailoa. And that is very concerning because they've already done that a few times here in the second half since Tua took over. And not having Fitzpatrick means you are stuck with what you've got. And I think to some degree, that kind of hurts the team a little bit because they made this decision to go with Tua. And I think it was premature to say the least, but they've had that safety net of Fitzpatrick. And the team knows that if they need to make that change, they can do that. Well, this week, they can't. So that greatly concerns me here. For a Miami team that absolutely has to win this game, a lot of pressure on Tua, and he has certainly not looked the part, in particular in red zone situations where it's partially been about the play calling, but also been about the decision-making from Tua. So that's a massive concern for me. Now, of course, I'm not sure how much the Bills play deep into this game. I'm not sure how much their first team gets a look in this game. So that is a little bit concerning. However, there's some incentive here for Buffalo. First of all, as we talked about this week with Brian Blessing, there's a strong dislike of the Miami Dolphins. People would say that the Bills' rival is the Patriots, but that's not necessarily true because the Patriots spent the last 20 years beating them up and down the block. The Bills' rival is Miami, and this goes back a long period of time, and the players are fully aware of that. And like I talked about with Brian earlier in the week here, 
this is now one versus two in the AFC East. These are the two best teams in this division. And I think for the Bills to have the opportunity to make statements back-to-back weeks here over the Patriots and the Dolphins, I think that's something that they kind of relish the opportunity to do. So we'll see how long Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and all the key guys are out there for Buffalo. But something else here is that John Brown is back this week. And without Cole Beasley, who could miss the first playoff game for Buffalo, you got to get John Brown worked back into the offense. So I think there's some incentive here for Buffalo to kind of go through the first half as if this is a real game for them. So I think that's something where Buffalo does give a pretty big effort in the first half of this one. Therefore, my handicap of the game and sort of the game state is that I expect the Dolphins to trail at halftime. And I will take Buffalo with Miami trailing at halftime and Tua at quarterback with no ability to put Ryan Fitzpatrick in the game. Something else here too is that Buffalo's had a lot of injuries and COVID situations on defense. So they've had to tap into the depth. A lot of those guys have been playing over the course of the year. So I'm not necessarily worried about that. And lastly, look, nothing against the Dolphins. I mean, I, you know, it'd be cool for the Dolphins to make the playoffs. Again, this is a fan base and a team that, you know, they've played second fiddle to the Patriots for a long period of time. Haven't had great shots at making the postseason. Kudos to them if they're able to do it here. But they squeaked past the Raiders last week in a game they very well could have lost and probably would have lost if they don't go to Ryan Fitzpatrick. They beat the Patriots when they're in a funk, beat the Bengals and the Jets, who, in fairness, are playing better now. But those are still, you know, bottom five teams in the NFL. The Chiefs game, while they only lost by six, that was not nearly as close as the box score would suggest. So, or as the final score would suggest, I should say. So to me, I like Buffalo here, minus one. I think they still have enough able-bodied personnel. Barkley is, you know, is what he is as a quarterback. I think he should be fine enough. I think the Bills minus one is a good look here. So number 23 in the Circus Sports Million rotation order, the Buffalo Bills minus one. Lastly here, number 28, the San Francisco 49ers. They are plus six against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, this is a game where we've seen one-sided Seattle money in the market, line trending up towards possibly going to seven. So that's a little bit concerning, but I don't think the 49ers just roll over and die here. And when you look at this San Francisco roster, there are 27, 27 unrestricted free agents on this team. And we talked about on yesterday's show with Brad Powers that, you know, these NFL teams, they don't roll over and die. They don't tank. These dudes are playing for jobs. They're playing for paychecks, man. They're playing for cash, for fat stacks in free agency. Those are guys that are going to go out there and be motivated to play. And I think that the 49ers have a lot of guys that should be significantly motivated to go out there and play in this game. And this 49ers team still has very good personnel. They're not a playoff team this year because of COVID and because of injuries. They got hit about as hard as anybody in the NFL in those two departments here for this season. Last week, money poured in against them in that game against the Cardinals. They went outright. C.J. Beathard looks a lot better than Nick Mullins. I think San Francisco goes out there and plays like they've got nothing to lose. And the most dangerous teams in the NFL are teams that go out there and play like they have nothing to lose. Last audition for Robert Saleh. He'll wind up getting a head coaching job here at some point. But, you know, again, you look at this Seahawks team, and, and while the defense is much improved, and I have to give them full marks for that, 
it's still just the Russell Wilson show on offense. They just figure it out with Russ and win games. And that doesn't necessarily lend itself well to covering spreads. So you got a lower scoring expectation here. You're getting six with a 49ers team that I think is very solid. Would love to finish this hell of a season with a couple of wins over division opponents. I think they give a full effort here in this one. And the Seahawks, you know, look, I mean, they can get the number one seed. They can kind of move around a little bit from a seeding standpoint, but there's really not a ton of incentive for them otherwise. So I sort of wonder in the second half, if Russ is taking a beating or something, you know, do they go ahead and get him out of this game? I think there's a very realistic possibility that Pete Carroll makes that decision. So 49ers plus six, maybe I need the back door, maybe I don't. But I think there's a lot of compelling reasons to take the 49ers here, number 28 in the Circus Sports Million rotation order. So the five very likely picks for me here this week, Steelers plus eight and a half, Titans minus seven and a half, Falcons plus seven, Bills minus one, and 49ers plus six. We'll have the Circus Sports Million preview article on Saturday over at ATS.io, the Super Contest preview article on Sunday morning once the pick counts are available for that. And of course, I'll be back once again on Monday here with Kyle Hunter from huntersportspicks.com talking about the College Football National Championship game and a whole lot of college basketball during our Handicapping the Hardwood segment. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I will talk to you again on Monday. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.